Welcome to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast, where we interview the world's leading CEOs, business executives, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and authors. Our mission is to learn the strategies and tactics that have helped our guests succeed in business and life and share those lessons with you so that you can become the Bulletproof Entrepreneur. My name is Chia Dogu, and I'm the co-founder and COO of Adogu Media Group. Dogu Media Group is a podcast marketing and new media agency that helps corporations create and amplify their story via high-quality branded audio content that builds a community of highly engaged fans who are their ideal clients for their premium products and services. And now, without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is Josh Fonger. Josh is a business performance architect and the co-founder of Work the System. He's an international business consultant, coach, and speaker. He has the unique experience of personally helping hundreds of businesses grow simply by implementing the Work the System method. His specialty is taking stressed entrepreneurs from working in their business to working on their businesses using systems so they can profit and achieve a freedom that is consistent with their lifestyle and their beliefs. I'm pleased to have Josh on the show today to tell us a little bit more about Work the System, his entrepreneurial journey, and of course, his new business adventures. So with that said, Josh, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Chief. Awesome, Josh. So Josh, tell us a little bit about your origin story and your background. I know you're the owner of Work the System now, but before you got this business, you started from somewhere. And as a bulletproof entrepreneur, I know entrepreneurship journey is rough and tumble. It's not a straight line. So tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you are today. I'd love to. Yeah, it definitely was not my my plan. My undergraduate degree is in architecture, and then I had a master's in business, and so I thought I was going to be a real estate developer, which was what I, I did in, in Phoenix, uh, commercial real estate, uh, project management, and new development. And so uh, that worked out great until 2007, 8, <laughs> when everything crumbled. The world collapsed. Yeah, and so I was one of the newer guys at a, a company, at, um, and I did not make the cut. And so... Uh, trying to find a job in that industry uh, in your 20s was difficult without taking about a 90% pay cut, which is difficult when you have a couple of kids and uh, you're the, the sole breadwinner. So I was applying for jobs in any and every industry, uh, thinking that I'd find something and really uh, no bites, no bites at all. And so I went through a period of doing quite quite well to um, I mean, massive debt. Uh, losing house, car, uh, all savings, all investments, and moving to my in-laws condo. So that was that was my start. <laughs> By mid twenties, you know, it's it's difficult to go from six figures to making. I think if I if I include, um, I was selling life insurance for commission. I was shoveling rock for a friend, and I was uh, delivering potato chips from the midnight to four a.m. shift uh, for cash to gas stations. So that's what I was doing. My twenties, not so good uh, <laughs> financially. <laughs> You know, you got to eat. So you do something uh, while you're waiting for the job to come through. And so, you know, I basically did that as I was applying everywhere in the world. And the only thing that came through as an opening was to do business consulting with a smaller firm on the East Coast. And the irony is that I wrote my my thesis paper in my MBA MBA program about uh, why you should never hire a business consultant, like why, (laughs) why they were actually not worth their money. It was a waste of money. You shouldn't do it. Don't trust them. And I had some experience about that. I'd studied it. And also my 
my both my parents, both sides of the family were business owners. They didn't trust consultants. So I was like, wow, this is the only thing that's going to actually pay some bills. So I took the job. You know, I took the job as a contractor. Basically, I had some really good success with the first firm, first firm I was working with. You know, and it was definitely, uh, it was like an act of God. Because seriously, I, I was not experienced enough to have the kind of success that was happening. But it really enjoyed the work, was traveling all around the country, helping companies out and fell in love with it. You know, fell in love with helping companies, you know, business owners whose lives were usually crumbling, helping them get out of those problems and fixing them. So it was, it was really fun work. Mm. So was that the work that led you to meeting Sam Carpenter and getting involved with work the system? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. So I, I was um, getting pretty burned out on the road all the time working with companies. And uh, I knew that I had to make a, a shift. And uh, I met Sam about hmm, maybe six months before we started working together. And I was pitching him on a new business concept. I had a new idea that I wanted to start. And I wanted to start a uh, an elder elder care, um, like a visiting angels concept. So basically have a bunch of people go out and help the elderly in their homes. And I was living in a city, Bend, Oregon, but there's lots of people who have money, also the elderly. And I thought like, this is my calling. I could build up this organization, kind of like visiting angels. And um, I pitched the idea to Sam and uh, he was like, don't do it. It's going to be horrible. You're going to hate yourself if you do it. You'll, you'll, um, you know, you get divorced. He's like, this is just a bad idea. And I was like, no, I, I really think it's a good idea, Sam. I think you're wrong. And he's like, no, trust me, it's a horrible idea. <laughs> so, that's the one thing about Sam. He's very, he's honest and uh, he's he's seen it and done it all. So so I, I still pursued it anyways. And then about maybe three or four months later, he calls me up and said that there was somebody who had read his book because his book's been out there 10 years now. And um, somebody wanted some help with their business and he knew I was a business consultant. And so he said, why don't we try this out and, and do a gig together? And... Uh, yeah, we just became really good friends. And I, you know, he and I worked together. Sam was not a huge fan of, of the coaching and consulting aspect of it. He really enjoyed the, the speaking and the writing. And so it ended up being a really good partnership of me going out there and, and working with the companies and him being able to do what he really enjoyed. Ooh, very, very cool how your um, stre- individual strengths kind of came together to help grow this business and make it something different from what he was originally thinking it would be. So now let's talk a little bit more about Work the System because um, as we were talking in the pre-chat, I mentioned that your, well, Sam's book, Work the System, has been in the internet world for like a very long time. I know I came across it listening to podcasts. I think it's either Tim Ferriss or... I think the tropical MBA guys, I can't, I can't remember right now, but I know that it's one of the main books when it comes to setting up SOPs for your internet business. So it's one of the main books that was mentioned. But when it comes to actually implementing work the system for like a small business, take for example, a mom and pop store somewhere in Bend, Oregon, like you were just saying, right? Bend, Oregon, correct? Yeah. Yep. So how does someone apply the philosophy of work the system? So, well, okay, before we get into that, what is work the system? And then we're not <laughs> getting to the philosophy behind it. 
Great question. I'll give you a, I'll give you a long answer. So the the philosophy is based on, of course, Sam's book, Work the System, and it starts off with a mindset shift. So it's it's instead of being in the business, seeing the business as a part of you, and you're just reactionary to being outside the business, stepping above the business and looking down at it and seeing the separate parts, seeing the separate systems. So that's really the step one. If you don't get that proper perspective, you're not going to get very far. So we uh, walk entrepreneurs through that shift called MindShift. After that, we help them write a very clear strategy. We call it a strategic objective, but it's actually what what are they trying to accomplish? Who are they trying to accomplish it with? With what services? In what market? Basically, it's a, it's a one-page sheet to really make your plan crystal clear about you know where you're going and how you're going to get there. Extremely valuable. So we, we help companies with that. Then we help them build out the, the principles, so decision-making principles for how everything's going to happen within the business. And then it's the uh, procedures. So those are the components of the work system method. And you know, with a smaller business where you're just, just starting out, you can walk through those really quickly. Larger company, if you have a couple hundred employees, it's going to take some time to roll that out and make it really stick. But uh, small or large, we walk through the same sequence to help companies really clarify and uh, integrate all of their efforts in alignment so they can really uh, move forward quickly in a way that's scalable. Because most companies end up just going in circles. We call them yo-yo businesses. They just, they kind of just, they never break free. They're always tied to that string and they go up when they're working hard. They go down when they're taking some vacation time, but they never really, they never really take off. They just stay consistently dysfunctional uh, forever until they go out of business. Yeah. And that is especially true, not just for small business, but I know for even mid-sized business and non-profits where, you know, people come in and they do the work and they're used to doing the same thing and they're just stuck in a rut. It's not highly organized and system. Like if I were to look at, take, for example, a Google or top flight investment bank compared to a mid-sized company, I know that for every single thing in a Google or an investment bank, you know, there's this documented system of how something will go so that if somebody were to get fired today, somebody can be plugged in within two hours and be up to speed. But a small or mid-sized business does not usually have that in place. Am I correct in that assessment? Definitely. Yeah. And for smaller companies, don't feel like you have to wait until you're big to build the infrastructure. You start where you're at. So, you know, if you have zero employees, you know, no assistance, nobody, but you have some repeatable task in your business, you can document that and hand that off to someone and they can start working one hour a week, two hours a week for you. And it's about building those, we call them assets, uh, building those separate pieces of your business. And then over time, you're going to build out the infrastructure that's going to allow you to scale and be big, as opposed to thinking, well, once I'm big, then I'll document some stuff because it's you never will get big. So now what are some of the um, keys? So if you were to work into a business, for example, and I know you've just given some answers to this, but I want to know specifically, once you go into the business, you know, first things first, you have to work on the mindset. And I expect there will be a lot of resistance to a consultant coming in there telling them, hey, you know what, you guys are not doing this properly. You need to change your mindset and you need to do this. So what are some of the things you have to overcome before you now get people into the mindset of working the system? And then what are the first steps they need to execute to start getting on the right track? 
Yeah, well, it's it's different depending on the size and whether I'm doing coaching or consulting. But when I when I when I fly into companies, I do spend some time interviewing everybody, just like uh, in the movie Office Space. If anyone's familiar with that, I actually do um, want to hear out each person and to hear out because I, I want to make sure my projects are a success. So I, I ask them, you know, what will make this project a success or what are the chance, you know, what would actually make this project not succeed? And what are the major problems you see in the business right now? So I, I figure out everyone's perspective before I just jump in there and, and think I'm going to solve a problem because it's usually much more complicated and multiple layers deep, whatever problem I'm trying to, to solve because conceptually, uh, writing systems for a company seems pretty simple, right? Yeah. But very difficult to execute, and you do need everyone going the same page. So I always gather that intel first before I build a plan, and then I make sure the plan is not, hey, you have to depend on me as your savior the next nine months. It's here are the key players, here's who's going to be involved, and I make sure it's, it's collaborative the whole way through. Otherwise, it really doesn't stick at all. So that's a that's a big part of it. With a uh, with a small company, it's a lot easier because you're typically just dealing with an owner. They really can, you know, change one direction or the next on a dime. And I make sure they they read the book, they commit both their time and their money to actually moving forward. If if people aren't willing to do that, then I know that they're not really gonna they're not serious about it. Okay. And then I have them go through this sheet called I call it the making time sheet. Okay. And the making time sheet is a sheet that I developed that helps people identify every single thing that they do with their time from like the second they wake up to the second they go to bed. Wow. And it's, it is not fun or te- it, it's tedious, but the, <laughs> the point of it is you will identify how badly you are using your time as an owner. And you'll realize that the things the owner is supposed to be doing, you know, business development, uh, branding, culture, strategy, new revenue streams, new products, new services, uh, financing, the legal things, the owner is actually not doing any of those things. The owner is just, you know, doing the service, you know, so if it's a hair salon, the owner's cutting the hair and I let them know, hey, these are the things owners are supposed to do. No one's doing those things. And then here's what employees do. You're doing all of those things. And so we start to really open their eyes to the fact that that's why the company's not growing is there is no owner of this business. There's only employees. And so I try to wake them up to that. And uh, the newer technique that's really been working well recently is uh, fear and um, reminding them <laughs> of the reality. Because I've, I've seen enough of it by this point that it, it mo- the vast majority of companies that are good and great are going to go out of business. And most of them aren't going to last very long. And the very, very, very few that actually do last are worth absolutely nothing when the owner stops working. So you are a slave to a job that you've created for yourself and you're working more hours and you're making less money than if you just work somewhere else. So do you want to actually build a business or not? Because right now, and I, I, what also the thing I've been doing more is just pointing out the realities that, hey, you have one revenue stream. You are one week away from going out of business or you only have one good employee. When that, when that employee leaves, which they will, you will go out of business and just let them know. Because I've, I've seen enough companies go out of business to know that you can't pretend like you're safe when you're not. And uh, most small companies are right on the edge of going out of business. And it's not more hours of work that's going to get them out of that. It's building, you know, the resilience that comes from having these systems in place, having a well-trained team, having uh, these processes set up so that you can withstand the inevitable bumps. I mean, employees will leave, they're going to get sick, some will get pregnant, 
you know, a business partnership will go awry. You'll lose a key vendor. Software will break. I mean, that, that's just that's going to happen for sure. Just plan on it happening. So since you plan on it happening, then you won't be kicked off course when it does. And um, you'll stand the test of time. And I think that that's a, a big thing that entrepreneurs don't think about is they're always optimist. I mean, you're an optimist. I'm an optimist. That's why we got into entrepreneurship. And that's that's our strength and our weakness is we're optimistic about the reality but we don't we don't see the reality either. Yeah, and and it's funny that you mentioned some of these things you just mentioned now because I have an international background. I was born and raised in Nigeria, and I always have this discussion with my friends that are in business and say, "Hey, how come in Africa in general you rarely see a hundred year old company? Yeah, there are a few of them, but they're very rare, and that's just because whoever the founder is, when he starts the business and he runs the business, by the time he gets old, you know." It's time to pass it on to the next generation, but they don't have the knowledge and the know-how and all the little intangible things. And no matter how he tries to teach or dispense that information, it's still not codified in a way that you say, okay, I can pass this on to somebody else and it'll run. Like take, for example, like a Goldman Sachs that's 150 year old. And that's just because you have things that have been codified from the very beginning so that it, it still maintains and flows through the culture down. Most international regions i know i don't want to say all i say most but because i know a couple of them they really have a problem with you know going beyond the founder and the primary person that started and ran the business so in using the work the system framework for example for international cases where it's really time to start thinking okay handing over to the next generation, building up a cadre of managers and directors that will work and keep this thing going. What's your advice for people that are listening in that context? I think there's there's no option but to document <laughs> the system of your business. So I would say, you know, if you haven't started yet, you got to do it. Uh, and if you're a large international, then hopefully you have a few things done. But uh, it, it comes from the premise that people can't read your mind. And it's not just a few sales scripts and how to deposit a check. It's all those little things like, you know, customer service guidelines and design guidelines and investment guidelines and belief systems and how we handle this. It, it's all that philosophy wrapped into your brain that no one else is going to know unless you write it down. Most owners are the heart and soul of their business. And when they leave, it's just not there anymore. And so they really have to take some time to infuse that to coach that to train that and to solidify it you know in writing so that it can spread and so yeah definitely international companies i help a lot of companies that are getting ready to sell or open new locations or looking for investment that they have to do this now but i don't want to think if you're small that you don't have to do it either because a lot of times companies stay small is because they have no big vision and the reason why they have no big vision is they think that there's no way to go past themselves like they they've set themselves up as the bottleneck to their future. And if they realize, oh, you know what, if I write these things down, I'm no longer the bottleneck to my future because, you know, your brain, let's just say your working brain's only working eight hours a day. Well, the documented systems can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week without you there. So you're really magnifying your, your brain power, making it scale. And it just takes a long-term thinker to do that. And you know, a short-term thinker can kind of have like a startup business 10 years after the startup. But a long-term thinker, if they build it out 10 years later, they actually have really something amazing as opposed to still, 
in year one figuring things out. Mm. Now, I want to play devil's advocate for a minute because I know that there might be somebody there listening and say, okay, that sounds well and good, Josh, but some of these things I do, they are very unique. I'm in a very niche business. If I were to write these things down and train an employee, what's to stop that person from taking all my ideas, all my knowledge and know-how, and then going off and starting their own business and competing with me? <laughs> uh, yes. No, it's, it's a very true risk. Uh, definitely. Uh, a couple of things to think about. One is most people are never going to be entrepreneurs ever in their whole life. Like they, they have no desire. They have no will. They, they really just aren't going to do it. And then those that are going to do that kind of thing, you can't prevent them from doing it, but you can make it harder for them to do it by separating, putting things in silos within your business. So instead of training somebody on everything, like the advertising, the marketing, the branding, the sales, the finance, you just you give them one piece. Like, hey, <laughs> This is the piece of that I really want you to know. I want you to know how to do their our advertising. Now, they're missing 90% of it. So when they go out on their own, they're really in trouble still. The other thing to do is to make it enjoyable for the person to stick with you, right? So if they, if they really are an A player, then make it so, you know, golden handcuffs. Make it so they want to stay there. Give them a piece of the action. Allow them to contribute to the vision. I mean, the best thing for you as an owner is to have somebody else who's also excited about it. Because then, you know, you can grow better more in a more resilient way. And actually, maybe they can keep it going without you having to be there as much. So I wouldn't see it as, um, I mean, it, it is a risk. It always is. But there's always competition. And the, the thing about the work system method is that someone might steal all of your stuff, but stuff goes obsolete pretty quick. So it's not just about getting the information one time. It's about having a, a strategy about this. It's about having a leader who directs in this way. It's about having the principles and the culture of people who actually want to follow the systems and want to make them better and want to actually pursue perfection because most people are fine with average. And so you, you give them a stack of SOPs and they'll kind of halfway do them. But, you know, wait nine months. They're all obsolete. The team is, you know, kind of doing them sometimes and the culture's not there. And there's still not going to be anything near what a company that has built it from the ground up will be. Okay, cool. That's interesting. I like that. I like that. So now tell us a little bit more about what's going on in your business now. I know we spoke on the pre-chat and you mentioned um, you recently took 100% ownership of the company. So tell us a little bit more about that whole process of transitioning from you and Sam to just you, to what your plans are for the future of the work the system business. Yeah, we're, we're in a really exciting time right now because you know Sam has gotten more and more involved in politics, writing other books. He's turning 70 in a few weeks. So he has, I think he's had five or six companies, a couple of nonprofits. And for him, he loves to start companies, get them going, and then move on to his next, next project. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, I was previously the only sole licensee of the method, right? And so as we talked about, I was capped out on how many companies I could work with. And there are hundreds of thousands of them that need this kind of work. And so what we've done at Work the System is um, start to certify and train other coaches and consultants really all over the country, well, all over the world at this point. We just started that two months ago. And so we're already growing a number of them and they're getting their own clients and they're expanding their own clientele. And so it's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the next direction. If we could have a couple of thousand of these coaches and consultants around the world, helping companies that are stuck in this way, that's the vision. Because I mean, 
it's it's funny at this point if someone calls me now I had someone in Texas call me a few weeks ago wanting me to come out there just like you know I just I don't have an Emmy anymore <laughs> but, <laughs> but one of my coaches might do it right one of my yeah. consultants might do it because I've I've done uh, I've done enough of these on-site visits to uh, write a few volumes of books about <laughs> how it goes okay all right now I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into this because what you're talking about is I think I know of a company called the EOS Method or something by uh-huh. G- Gino Wickman. So are you trying to go the same route in terms of you certify people and then if, take for example, the lead comes and it comes through the home company to work the system in you and somebody wants, let's say, a consultant in Canada where I am, for example, are you going to say, hey, you know what, I can't come, but I have a certified trained consultant in Canada in your location. I'm going to connect you to to him and then you guys should talk and see how he can help you because he's 100% trained in what we do and he's going to execute like it's me executed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's I mean in a nutshell that's what it's going to be. Um there are a few layers. Some people they just want to get um like a diploma. Like they want to get certified, but then they're going to run their own thing. I mean, really their gig is um bookkeeping or their thing is buying and selling companies, but they want to have one more uh tool so when they're working with a client, they can do this additional service, you know, with their clients to help their clients out. And that's that's fine. That's like level one. And then there's people beyond that who say they want to have a deeper relationship, actually be um, tighter affiliation. And then those people I would be sending clients directly to them. And then when they get really good, you know, I'll let them sell their own services under the brand name. And so we're going to have three different levels in terms of coaches and consultants because not everyone wants to I mean they want to get trained but they might not necessarily want to work under our brand and be you know a work system ambassador okay okay and so what's the next step for somebody listening to this and saying oh I kind of like the sound of that you know how do I get started in the process yeah I mean go to workassystem.com read the book first make sure you you understand the uh, the message and you, and you believe in it because that would be step one okay. uh, otherwise it'd be a big waste of time uh, we've got the audio book there too. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I run a coaching group every quarter. And so I will take entrepreneurs through uh, 17 modules and teach them everything I know about how to fix a business. And so people will go through that and they'll actually fix their own business. And inside that group, I bring in my certified coaches as well. And so they will get go through that whole 17-week program as well. And they'll get a bunch of other bonus materials about how to actually get their own clients, how to write contracts, how to actually close deals and how to, you know, have success as a coach and consultant. So it's every quarter we launch it and we put the group together. There's some competition, there's some collaboration, there's some sharing of procedures. And I found that when it's live, it's with real people and there's the accountability. People actually have really good success as opposed to just here's a product, go do it on your own. Um, People tend to not finish those. Okay, so it's an in-person. You have to fly down to somewhere to take the class. Well, no, it's it's live um, digitally. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, we, we go to a meeting, and then once they um, go to a webinar, once they get certified, I keep a mastermind going with everyone who's certified. And so then we, we meet over Zoom once a week and do Q&A okay. and unique training. You know, Today we were talking about networking. Uh, next week we're talking about building your credibility. So every week we kind of help, you know, help those people um, get out there and make it in the world, and uh, it's, it's live Q and A, and that's that's because you know I started doing consulting when I was 26, yeah. and so you know I had to learn the hard way. How do you how do you stand in front of a, a big group of people and 
convince them that, that you're worth listening to. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, um, you know, and I know if I can do it, then people, other people can do it, you yeah. know, no problem. And so I kind of share with them what not to do, what I learned along the way, and um, hopefully really speed up their learning curve. Oh, good. That's very awesome. Very awesome. And I'll uh, be sure to link that in the show notes when this is ready to go live. But um, as we've reached the end of the uh, episode, I have one or two final wrapping up questions for you. And my first question is, knowing what you know now, do you think there's anything you could have done differently as you were starting out in your career to help you achieve success faster? The big thing is take action. I know there's a way to say this. I'm not, the words aren't coming to me. But um, your next action will give you information about the next action after that. So instead of waiting until you know what to do, just take action. And that is going to inform your next action. And since we're not doing uh, brain surgery or shooting rockets to the moon, there's very little consequence in making mistakes along the way. And they're necessary. And so I would be way less concerned with mistakes and way more concerned with speedily taking action. I think that would be the, the main thing. For instance, we, we were going to do a Work the System uh, Mastery Club, which is basically this um, membership site. And we were talking about it for five years, you know, what to add, bells, whistles, software. And one time I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to release it in two weeks. And I had, I had nothing built. I just put some emails out. We're going to have the Mastery Club. If you want to be in, just join. And we'll give you the first few months free, but just let us know what you want in the club once you join it. And, you know, had a few hundred signups and that thing has been growing like mad. And, and it just took, put it out there. The market will tell you what, what to do. Adjust from there. Ask them what else they want. The market will tell you what to do. And instead of trying to get it right the first time, just get it out there and the market will, will tell you you know, as long as you're you're fair the whole way through and you don't charge ten thousand dollars for something you haven't created, then they're they're fine with it because they want to be helped. And if you go into it with that same mindset, you want to help them, but you need them to tell you what they need. Uh, it works really well. So I would definitely be moving faster, making more mistakes along the way, but I'd be moving faster. Oh, awesome, awesome. And my last question is. Um, as um, I'm sure you've probably heard because you pay attention to the news, but everybody's kind of scared of, oh, there might be a recession next year or is there a recession coming? And then the first thing that happens is usually, you know, people just tend to panic and then reduce everything, reduce expenditure, try to cut costs and whatnot. So if, for example, we don't know what happens next year, but let's say a recession does happen next year, what do you think are some key steps business owners need to take to help them weather the storm before that hits? <laughs> well, I would say diversify, diversify. I would say diversify revenue streams and also, yeah, make sure you're not down to your last penny now, but have reserves, uh, have reserves, cash reserves, and have, have reserves a lot of ways, like relationship reserves. Uh, the more you can spread out the assets and the more you're, you're networked and the more you can help people in, um, with different products and services, the, the better equipped you are for the downturns. Because if the downturn happens and you just do one thing and that thing's no longer needed, then yeah, you're going to go out of business. And so um, I think that that's a big thing. And, and the reality is, will there be downturns? Yes, for sure. You know, will there be changes in internet marketing, like what you do? Yes, for sure. And so not, not to be 
surprised by them, but but to be planning a year or two in the head and uh, do the scenario plans such that it's going to happen to see how you're going to weather those those storms. And so I think that's the big thing is to know they're going to happen. Uh, and also with recessions, there's a lot of ways you can do really well during them if you have cash. So I would say make sure you have the cash in advance so that when the recession hits, you can buy out your competitors, you can buy out their clients, you can you can really take on uh, additional market share during the time. So when that comes back up, you can do uh, really well. So I think that it's it's good to plan for it and to strategize because it always happens. To pretend like it's not going to happen is is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So with that said, Josh, my friend, we've reached the end of the show. I really want to thank you for coming to share your story and to teach us a lot more about the work the system method. I have one quick thing before I now ask for where people can find you, which is you mentioned that you start the new training every quarter. So when is the next one starting? Well, I don't know when when we're going to play this thing live, but uh, basically we've got a, you know, a winter, spring, summer, okay. fall session. Okay, cool. All right. So where can people find you, reach out to you, learn more, and possibly even sign up for the course if they want to? Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, workthesystem.com slash bulletproof is the, the page that uh, my PR firm built out for me. So certainly anyone who's listening to this podcast would want to go there, workthesystem.com slash bulletproof. But yeah, you get the book there. I have my own podcast as well, interviewing business experts as well as we have information on the uh, coaching program. But uh, yeah, that's where I'd go. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put all that in the show notes once this episode is edited and ready to go live. So thanks for coming on to share your story and to teach us more about how to become best of business people and how to create systems that will help us stay successful in good and bad times. Glad to be here, Chief. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in once again to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. If you like what you heard on today's episode of the show, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show and it tells me if I'm doing a good job or not and what type of guests to bring that can impart solid wisdom to help you grow on your entrepreneurial journey. Once again, you can always email me at info at odogwu.com. That's info at odogwu.com to let me know you know if you want a different type of guest or if you even want to be considered as a guest on the show so till next time guys have a great day stay bulletproof and of course i'll catch you on the next episode of the bulletproof entrepreneur podcast